0: Science podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz and welcome back for the 12th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of September 1st, 2019 and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast and happy Labor Day weekend. We've made it here in the States to Labor Day weekend and it's always such a busy time and it's always for here in the northern part at least of the United States. It's kind of the symbolism of of the beginning of the end of summer, at least. Minnesota, they always say, because you have the Minnesota State Fair, that it is the official end to summer. And I usually think there's still a couple weeks left where the weather at least makes it feel like it's still summer. But we are in that beginning of that transition, that beginning of the transition of seasons that we see around us, but also within the church here. like we've talked about the last few weeks as we're getting into the education year. And it's an exciting time. It's a time that I feel like the church kind of gets some new life as we head in toward the end of this year C, and we get the last few readings here that we have of Luke for the year. So, I'm excited here this week. I think there's some really good news. And I know last week I was a bit of a downer, and I'm still trying to grapple with all the stuff that went on last week. So, before we get into it, let's talk about the Twitter question from last week, which was Where do you or we need to change our lives to be more sustainable and take a leap of faith? And it's a deep, hard hitting question. And I think it's one of those where I know from the conversations that I've had with people over the last week, it was good to bring that to light. It was kind of fun also to feel like I was kind of on the front line of being able to talk about that news. And to be honest, what we've heard over the last week from Brazil hasn't been necessarily the greatest. There's been some definite improvement, but there's also been a lot of negative. And it's difficult to be able to get through. I know G7 happened this last week and where G7 said they wanted to donate money, but there's been some quarreling back and forth between some of the G7 leaders and the Brazilian president. And there's been a lot of blaming both ways. But I think there's also a point where helping us understand really what we're doing and starting to try to understand how big this issue actually is. I'll attach a video down below from Hank Green. He goes through kind of talking about why this is such a big issue. And I think in a very well done manner, he talks about evapotranspiration. Which was how clouds form and how that affects even weather here in North America. I think a lot better than I could ever explain it. So I'll attach that link down below. Again, I'd highly recommend at least checking that out. But to get to the answer of what I was saying with becoming more sustainable, I know for one thing this last week I've been trying to bike to work a lot more. There's still been a couple times where I need to take my vehicle and there's always still gonna be those occasions, but There's a lot of times where it was essentially just me and I didn't really need the extra space. And yes, it takes a little bit longer, but it's a good excuse for me to do some additional exercise. And I'm in the fortunate position that I really am not that far from work. But I think there's a lot of little things that I can still work on and still consider myself thinking about Just when I have lights on at my house, when am I eating certain foods, which we'll get into a little bit more this week, getting into when I decide to do different things, thinking a little bit more about the planet. And I think it's a hard conversation, but a good conversation to have with oneself. The second shameless plug, like we always do, I'm going to plug Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Braidway podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions, you have amazing professors at Luther Seminary putting together something to be able to help you, guide you. And the commentaries have people from all over the globe trying to breathe insight into these texts. If you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help prepare myself to bring you this podcast week after week. So let's get into this week's text. And I think there's a lot of really fun nuances. And I purposely had to think a little bit harder because I didn't want to hit us as hard as I did last week. And I think there are some positive things that we can take out of these texts this week that I think get us to think a little bit beyond the human experience. And I think that's really important with these texts. The gospel text this week is out of Luke chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 14. And this is where Jesus is in a house with the Pharisees. And he's being closely monitored. And he's looking at the people and where they are sitting. And so he puts forth this parable discussing that when you're at a wedding banquet or some place where you're getting, essentially they're having a dinner, that it's much more honorable to be in a place where you're invited to be brought closer toward the head table or invited to the head table than assuming that you should be at the head table and then being told to make room or move down for someone else. And that's an interesting way of looking at it for especially coming from verse 11. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This idea of what is, how do we keep ourselves in check? How do we keep our own ego in check? And Jesus then at the end of this parable even continues to bring this in to not just include where you're sitting, but who are the guests? at such a wedding banquet? Are we inviting the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, coming from verse 13? And verse 14, I think, is so beautiful. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This idea of giving of oneself to the point where there is no way that you can be repaid. The first reading this week is from Proverbs chapter 25, verses 6 and 7. And with it being so short, it's any reader's dream week, if you've been having that reader who's always been wanting to read. But I'll just read this to you. Do not put yourself in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. This similar idea that what we got here in the gospel text of not thinking of oneself so high that we have to be cut down in a way. The alternative first reasoning is from Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 4 through 13. And this is continuing right after we got and got the call story from Jeremiah last week of the people have questioned God through all this time and God kind of going through and how he's continued to provide for the people, but yet there's still doubt. There's still where is God as they are willing and easily manipulated or turned to other gods or other things that are appealing to them. Starting in verse 11, has a nation changed its gods even though there are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this be shocked, be utterly dissolute, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, crack cisterns that cannot hold water. This idea of us constantly searching for something greater when we already have something great in front of us and being oblivious to the blessings of what has been put before us in a way being so filled with pride that we're not being humbled to see what is actually going on. The psalm this week is Psalm 112, the whole thing, all 10 verses of it. And this, again, is this psalm of... Praising the Lord and trying to see the blessings that have been put before us, but how often it is for us that we miss it, that we miss the point. We don't fully see it and we get consumed with the self in a way. The psalm really this week gets to show kind of the pull, the force of good and evil in kind of an interesting way. And again, I think it's the idea of where putting that treasure. Are we putting it purely within ourselves or are we looking to be able to be moved by Christ by doing something greater than the self? The second reading is from Hebrews chapter 13 verses 1 through 8 and 15 and 16. And this, again, kind of plays into that idea that what we've been playing around with of humility a little bit. And what is love, really? What is it that God is trying to have us fully understand? This idea that Christ is still the same yesterday, today, And forever, and that includes people who we may not necessarily want to include in that. And really, what does it mean then when we will say that we will not forsake Him? We will be in confidence that the Lord is going to provide for us and continue to push us forward, even when it's difficult. And what does that fully mean for us? When you're going through this, and especially that most places will end with a gospel reading, I think the word that can come through fairly easily is humbled. And what does it mean to be humble, to be of the ground, to be still confident in oneself, but not arrogant, that fine line of where that place is? And this week I was at Tech Study and it was mostly male dominated, but there was a female who brought up a really good point of humbling isn't always about cutting yourself down to recognize where you're taking advantage of something or maybe not seeing the whole picture or something you've taken advantage of. It's sometimes also the point of raising someone up raising someone up to accept a compliment and really be truthful to that, to absorb that, to really be confident of that, being able to accept a compliment and realize that that's part of who they are, part of who God has made them to be, that they have these gifts and talents that not all of us have. And being able to accept that is a part of being humbled. And I think it's a really good example within the human context, but I think it's so easy for us to get purely tied up with this idea of humbling purely in the human context. And I think it can be caused a stumbling block because I think we really as humans struggle to be humbled. And we could argue that there was one person who walked it out perfectly, again, being Jesus. And so I think when we're looking to try to explain and understand the humility of what Christ is talking about here, it is very beneficial to look beyond ourselves. So the way that I'm going to propose that you look this week is looking at fruits and vegetables and looking at flowering plants. Let me explain. I'll attach a link down below, and this is actually a really cool one. It's designed for within the states. I'm sorry I wasn't able to find a world one. But it talks about the different plants, especially fruits and vegetables, that are in season at different times of the year. So, when is a strawberry in season? When is an apple in season? When is kale in season? Essentially, that you would be able to get a better product because it's fresher. It's natural cycle of when it would mature become that plant instead of accelerating the process. And that you might get something that's naturally a little bit sweeter of a carrot because it's just that time of the year that it would be picked normally. And I was thinking about this and thinking about it from the context of Why don't we have all these plants at the same time becoming ripe? Not only would it be very difficult for us as humans or any creature to be able to eat the fruits and vegetables that would be around us, but it would also be that how would you pollinate all these plants? How would they be able to grow if they're all competing for the same period of time? And I would argue in a way, there's a humility within plants that they understand that there is a time, there is a season for me to be ripe and there is a season for me not to be. And I think it's really easy again to think about this, especially in wildflowers. So for the area that I am in, One of the flowers that I really enjoy seeing at late spring, early summer, kind of that turning point for me, is when I get to see lilacs in bloom. And that, to me, kind of is a signal that summer is here. And lilacs bloom for a few weeks. They're these small, fragrant, purplish, usually flowers, but they don't bloom all summer. They take their stance, they look and are bold for a while with a very fragrant smell and the rest of the year they're humbled the rest of the year they sit back and are just a regular plant letting other things take the stage and i think we can even see that in when we're driving and seeing these weeds or weeds in the ditches wherever we are that there's typically some time of the year that they flower And at that moment, we don't think they're as bad. We're absorbing it and looking at it and saying, wow, look at this plant that I have ignored and seen as a as a nuisance for so long and suddenly look at what it created, this beautiful thing. And who knows, two weeks a month, we won't probably look at it the same way. It's one of the beautiful things about the season of life in general is if you know how things work, you see the beauty of different things going on. It's part of what makes a master gardener a master gardener. They are able to plant a garden that they realize when different things are going to bloom. So they always have something in bloom. Always have something that's taking the stage, if you will. But that there are other plants around waiting either to be the next plant to take the stage as the other one humbles itself to lend offerings to the next plant to come. And I think we even see this, especially in the area that I am in, with deciduous trees. And in deciduous trees, it's such an interesting thing. It's the time when it's shutting itself down. It's calling it a year. That the chlorophyll that's in the leaves finally leaves the leaves. And we see the true colors of the tree, like its final hurrah of... Look at the beauty that is around us as we all see it and know that, especially here in the northern U.S., that we are going to continue to get colder. And as we absorb the beauty of those leaves for a couple weeks, they fall, providing nutrients for the ground for the next year, for the grass to grow and all the different plants around, but also a away for the beauty of winter that is to come. No matter how much we may complain about it, because at times it gets long and it gets cold, there is still a beauty to winter. I think when we look at this and see that nature is this constant cycle of humility, constant cycle of, I am here for a period of time. I am here to present myself, and then I must step back to let something else take the main stage. I think it helps us understand this. I think it helps us understand that when a plant is in that situation, it can prepare for the moment that it's ready to bloom, but it still has to wait with anticipation for that time when God says, now is the time. Now the conditions are correct for you to bloom, for you to blossom, for you to show the beauty of the creation that I have made you to be. And I think it's one of the things as humans especially in the world in which we're in when we talk about quarter margins and we are looking at how can we get more efficient? How can we move faster? How can we do more? We have to understand that there is still a point where maybe it's better if we were like that for a short period of time. and The rest of the year we were preparing. The rest of the year we humbled ourselves, took a step back and realized it's okay to play in the background. It's okay to Let others rise up and be confident in who we are, or be that weed that's ignored for all the year, and be willing to appreciate that weed when it suddenly changes into something we can't explain. If you want to look at another weird plant example, would be milkweed. Milkweed is a weird plant. It's kind of soft on its leaves. It's got these big pods that it makes throughout the summer there isn't really a flower that it makes but it's essential for monarch butterflies it's essential it's so powerful it's got this milky sap that's where it gets its name milkweed so there's a lot of people especially where i'm at where people are leaving milkweed it's not a very pretty plant And the coolest thing you get is in the fall when the pods open and you get these little floaties all through the air. But in that humbling of it, it ends up bringing a different beauty to life It lets us realize and appreciate the power of the monarch butterfly and the amazing migration that they do each year. And to be able to provide for a butterfly like that, to be able to grow and succeed and to take the stage. But it's this plant that In order for these beautiful monarchs, we have to realize to appreciate this plant that really doesn't have a lot of color. There's a time for us to sit back and appreciate. There's a time for us to set the stage. But I think there's also a point of us realizing that we aren't always the center of attention and we need to be okay with that. And I think it's something as human beings, as a species, we need to work on. Maybe it isn't always about us knowing everything that's going on all the time. Maybe it isn't always about us trying to think about how can I be more efficient? How can I do more? Maybe there's a time to shine and the rest of the time is to be in the background. Maybe it's the time to be in the background and support something else to grow. And that's when we really see the true colors of who you are. We're called to appreciate the creation. We're called to appreciate God and everything that he has done for us. But to do that, that means we can't always be in the limelight. We sometimes have to be in the background. Because when we're always in the limelight, how do we get to appreciate being in the limelight? How do we get to appreciate when others are being in the limelight? How do we get to have that feeling of helping someone get to the limelight? And accept the limelight. And whatever that limelight may be. So the Twitter question this week will be, Where else around you do you see the humbling of creation? So I brought up mostly in plants and flowers and trees. Is there other places where you're seeing the humbling of creation? And what can we learn from that? Where else do you see the humbling of creation and what can we learn from that? Humbling is a hard process. It's not an easy process, but I think it's also very rewarding. It's very rewarding to help someone else especially realize the gifts that they've been given. When they're suddenly told to step out of the background and into the limelight and to accept what is being told to them. It's sometimes us realizing that we've been in the limelight too long and stepping back so that someone else can take advantage of it. It's sometimes realizing that maybe it's not your year to be in the limelight because not every plant has a big year every year. and Being okay with that. I think about that as Jesus is trying to then honor these people. By telling you that I want to be able to tell you to come closer, bring you closer to that head table, that you're putting yourself in a position where you're not accepting the gift and realizing that you're not realizing all the gifts that I've given you and that you are at times being too hard on yourself, or realizing and being appreciative and trying to put others ahead of yourself, where Christ then comes and welcomes us to come be as he invites us toward that head table humbling is not an easy process but I think in the world in which we're in based on the issues that we've talked about over the last few weeks I think it's a time that we really work on this both raising up people who need that to help them realize it's okay to be in the limelight accept it be okay with it because these are the gifts that God has given you and absorb that Because you're a child of God. And on the other hand, when we have pumped ourselves up too much and we realize that we've been standing in that limelight way too long and that it's time for us to take a step back and let someone else into that limelight. Because I would argue we can see it in the world around us. It's just that we really struggle with that idea. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.